Last October 17th, my man Leaf Tulin said he was higher than the AP poll on UConn and San Diego State. Six months later, they were playing for the national championship. Can he do it again? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, joined today by our guy that I just talked about, Leaf Tulane, coming at you. Leaf, uh, life is probably getting a little bit crazy for you with the NBA season getting ready with uh, all your draft stuff and all your work for the Utah Jazz. Thanks for continuing to make time for us. We want to thank all of you out there for joining us for your first listen or watch to get all the best college basketball content every single day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. So here's the setup for the show today. This is wild. Last year, October 17th, Leaf, you tweeted the following. Quote, teams I'm higher on than the AP poll, other than the ones listed in my top five. Ellipsis, San Diego State, UConn, and Florida. Now, let's just, Florida aside, Leaf, you've put yourself in a terrible spot. Because now, you got to try to figure out the national championship participants again, and you cannot be wrong. You, my friend, are Nostradamus. You, my friend, I need to know your lottery ticket numbers. You, I, you know, all of that stuff. But... What we're going to do is try to attempt to make lightning strike twice and see if Leaf can pick out national championship participants again based on who he's higher on than the AP poll. So here's how we're going to construct today's show. Leaf and I have each picked a couple teams we're higher on than the AP poll. So teams that are in the poll, but who we think should be ranked higher. Teams that aren't ranked, but we think should be ranked. uh, And that'll be segment two. And then segment three, we're going to pick teams that are ranked and we think they should be ranked lower. So Leaf, why don't you start us off? Give us one of your teams that you're higher on than the AP poll. Yeah. I mean, I I just want to clarify last year. I felt really good about UConn. Really, (laughs) really good. San Diego state. I'll admit was a bit, bit lucky. I thought they might make the elite eight, which was a big step forward for, for a team that hadn't gotten there in a long, long time conference that hadn't gotten there for. Yeah. And and so I, I I started researching into them and I I liked them more. UConn, I, they were unranked and I was baffled and I put them in my top 12 last year. I make a poll every year of my own. And so that was the team. Um, and there are many people that that are at local radio stations that I bothered enormously. I mean, t- telling them about UConn at football games, they're like, "We're watching football." I was like, "No, no, 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 no! The Big East has started." <laughs> so I don't know if it'll go this well, but but I've got a few teams that stand out to me as certainly deserving to be ranked and or ranked higher if they are ranked. Uh, so the first one that is ranked that that is too low in my opinion is Villanova. Villanova came in at twenty second in the AP poll. I made a poll and I have them number eleven. Uh, the reason being, they bring back Justin Moore, and I'm not saying he has to be the Justin Moore before his Achilles tear, but I assume he'll be better than the Justin Moore that was there last year, and he had a steadying presence already for a Villanova team that wasn't particularly good. Eric Dixon also returns. Then they bring in Tyler Burton, TJ Bamba, Hakeem Hart, and Lance Ware. To me, that's a really, really good top six, and that doesn't even talk about some of the shooters they have coming off their bench, some of the stalwarts that stayed with Villanova and will grow with Kyle Neptune. Now, does Kyle Neptune have to do 
uh, have to prove he can coach. Like, yes, it's not Jay Wright. If this was Jay Wright, I think a lot of people would vote. No brainer. And they'd be, and they'd be like top 10. Um, but that said, basketball, I, I believe coaches have a tremendous impact in college basketball. But I also think you need to have the requisite talent to, to win that. And Jay Wright got a lot out of players, but obviously there's been some NBA t- players that have been su- uh, successful and were sensational at Villanova. I think this is a team that is built as a college basketball team and is going to exceed expectations as an older team that plays in a really good conference and come March Madness should be a threat. Yeah, I, when we did our Big East preview, I didn't put Justin Moore on my first team Big East and a couple people were big mad at me for that. But it's like, I'm like, I need to see that he's fully back. Yes, he looked good when he came back last year. But again, this to me is right up there with the Big 12 as one of the couple best conferences in the nation. And so, I, but that said, I expect Justin Moore to be really good along with everyone that you said, this great compliment of players, but we got to see what it's going to be like under Kyle Neptune. Are they going to be able to rise to the occasion? I think yes, and I'm actually with you on this. I love you moving them all the way up to 11. Here are, let me give you my two teams that I think uh, I'm, or not that I think that I am higher on than the AP poll, and then Leaf will get your other one. The first for me is Creighton. And it's just by measure, but here's why I picked them. They're eighth in the AP poll, but they are third in terms of Big East teams in the AP poll. I actually have Creighton as the top Big East team, and so I have them fifth in the AP poll, uh, ahead of Marquette and UConn and Houston, who they're behind right now. In fact, I picked them to win on our Big East preview. I mean, you look at Ryan Kalkbrenner coming back, Trey Alexander coming back, Baylor Shireman coming back. Love that. Now, obviously, they've got to replace Arthur Kaluma. They've got to replace... Um, oh gosh, uh, Ryan Nemhard. But I think they've done that with Stephen Ashworth coming in from Utah State. I think there are multiple guys that could help replace um, Kaluma, whether it's Mason Miller, Isaac Trout, um, Jason Green, what any of those dudes. And you've got Frederick King to back up Kalkbrenner. I think he will be good enough. Francisco Farabello, I think, is going to play important backup minutes. So uh, the biggest concern to me is replacing those two guys in Nemhard and Kaluma. But my other concern is the depth. I think in college basketball, you really only need eight to do really well. But um, those top four, man, you that's going to be tough to compete with, in my opinion. Um, but do that? Can they round out a full eight? And and Coach uh, McDermott doesn't need a ton. They were 351st in the nation in bench usage last year. Um, and ultimately, for me, I think Creighton was so close last year that they taste it. That, that the returners in, in Kalkbrenner and Shireman and Trey Alexander are going to help say like, hey, listen, we were right there on the doorstep. Let's take one more step forward. And then my other team that I'm higher on than the AP poll, and this one is a, a bigger jump, is Texas. They are 18th in the AP poll. I have them closer to like, closer to the top 10 than to 20. I would put them in the like 11, 12, 13 range. I love Tyrese Hunter. I'm curious to see what Max Asmus is coming over from Earl Roberts, but a score is going to be able to score. Um, and that backcourt is phenomenal. You uh, add in Dylan Mitchell with that. And, and that backcourt to me is the best backcourt in the big 12. I don't think that's a wild, crazy statement to make. The big question marks for me though, are uh, Dylan DeSue and Caden Shedrick returning from injury. It sounds like uh, some recent reporting that Shedrick is maybe a little further along than Dylan DeSue and that they're going to take take their time. They want to get these guys back to 100%. So that's critical too, especially because I don't think Texas is wildly deep either. I do have Ithiel Horton as my sixth man of the year for the Big 12. 
Brock Cunningham is obviously a, a good backup. I'm also watching, though, Kendall Weaver coming over from UT Arlington. I think he could be – he's somebody that can maybe pop. And uh, also they've got Zarek Anyema um, coming over from UTEP where he played under Coach Terry. And so same thing as Creighton, though. I think with Texas, it was like they were so close. Just kind of dropped the ball there at the end against Miami. And ultimately, I have the Longhorns higher than the AP poll. Leaf, who's another team you're higher on than the AP? I like both of those. Texas is one of them for me as well. Um, in the AP poll of teams that are ranked, the other one that stands out to me is Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I like them and think that they are the class of the SEC along with Tennessee. I would take Tennessee to win the SEC. But Texas A&M is being regarded as like a inferior team compared to Tennessee. If you were to look at the polls, if you look at anyone's projections, um, they they bring back a lot. I know that they lost some players, but they should have an All-American in Wade Taylor. Defensively, they should be extremely stout. They rebounded an unbelievable rate last year with Henry Coleman, Anderson Garcia, and Julius Marble. That shouldn't change. They should only get better. Wade Taylor should take another step forward. Yes, they lost Dexter Dennis, who's a really good defender. But I think that their defense is going to like lose less from losing an individually talented defender in Dennis than their offense will gain right. through continuity. So I've got them about 13 of my AP poll. I, I, I put – I'm not my the AP poll. My uh, – we'll call it the LT poll here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got, I've got Texas A&M 13. I've got Texas 14. So I'm right there with you a couple spots up. And then I have a number of teams that were not ranked that I would, will make a very strong argument should be ranked and may even be part of my, my Yukon discussion. I'm not as sold as I was, so I'm not going to disillusion you guys into believing that this is your <laughs> national championship team, but Yukon, I made the pitch last year. So, um, but these are teams I'm high on. So I, I'll get to those in the next segment. Those are a few Love teams. It that I, I'm with you on for Texas, and I also like Texas A&M out of the state of Texas. Okay, seems like these Texas teams aren't getting the love and respect they deserve, Leaf. Let's get them bumped up the board. will be really interesting to see once we get into actual play in just about two and a half weeks. Leaf, it's coming, my friend. And Can't what wait. Leaf referenced, uh, right, cannot wait. What Leaf just referenced is where we're headed next. Who are some teams that are either not ranked or in others receiving votes that we would be higher on and have ranked? Who do you think we have? We'd love to know who you have. We're going to get to that conversation in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Prize Picks, which offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide you even more value. With the Prize Picks reboot, your policy entry uh, with the Prize Picks reboot policy, excuse me, your entries stay even if one of your players gets injured. And it's great because Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that injury insurance. I love that, and it gives me a peace of mind when I'm making my selections. Seriously, it's super easy to do this on Prize Picks. You pick two or more players and choose uh, more or less than the given stat. For example, there was. Uh, like heading into last week, Patrick Mahomes passing yards. It was silly how low it was. I'm smashing the more on that every single time. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. 
Speaking of football, don't forget that Locked On College Football Kickoff Live is coming up Friday from 11 a.m. till noon Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel, including the Locked On College Basketball YouTube channel. Make sure you check it out to get ready for all of this weekend's college football action. All right, Leaf, here we go. Next segment, let's pick two teams each we're higher on that either aren't in the AP poll or aren't even in, or, or are in uh, others receiving votes. Why don't you go first and give us both of yours? All right. I have two that, that stand out immediately to me. The first being Kansas State. Kansas State under Jerome Tang may have a more well-rounded roster than they had last year. Last year, they had 10 incoming transfers, and their two holdovers were Marquise Noel, who was obviously sensational, and Ish Masood. And then they had a bunch of unknown commodities and they made the Elite Eight. Okay, so that that's what they had. Yes, I understood they lost two third-team All-Americans in Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. They bring in Tyler Perry, who likely, in my opinion, is going to be a first-team All-Big 12 guy. They bring in Arthur Kaluma, who at times has been a dominant wing in college basketball mm-hmm. for Creighton. They keep Naquan Tomlin. They keep David Gasson. They, they keep Cam Carter and a couple other bench players, and that's an Elite Eight team. And I think this team is more well-rounded and should be better defensively than last year's team. Yes, they don't have that star that had the the dynamo that was Marquise Noel, but I don't think Tyler Perry is getting the credit he deserves. And this team's unranked. Uh, I have them number 15 on my poll, and I might even be low. And, and I haven't seen anyone, and I read this stuff religiously, that's really talked about <laughs> Kansas State as receiving votes. So that one is the main one to me. And I have, I have a couple other ones, but... I was asked to keep the two, but but I'll, that's the one that I have to get out there for you guys. I, I really think that is way too low on the value. Well, fun, funny enough, Leaf, that was one of my two is Kansas State. Yeah, in the official AP poll, they're 35th in terms of others receiving votes if you count it out. Uh, I wasn't as high as you. I have them like 20 just behind where North Carolina is just ahead of Baylor. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. Like if you want to go at, what did you say, 15? Yep, 15. Let's do it. Let's get wild. I love that. I'll mention one other name is Quez Glover coming from Samford, uh, mm-hmm. who I think is probably coming off the bench, but it will be a dynamic player when he gets in. Um, and I mean, the disrespect was there for Kansas State last year, but understandably so, because nobody knew what to make of Jerome Tang and how this team would fit. Remember, they were dead last in the preseason Big 12 poll last year, 10th. Uh, this year, I forgot to look where they're at. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, Kansas State this year is sixth. That's not as much disrespect as last year, but I think that's still too low. Um, The teams are behind are Kansas, Houston, Texas, Baylor, and TCU. I would have them just behind Texas, but just ahead of Baylor and TCU. I've got K-State fourth in the Big 12. Is that that where you would have them as well? Yeah, I'd either have them third or fourth between them and Texas. It's it's if Dylan DeSue's healthy, I would take Texas. If DeSue's not, I'll take Kansas State. I can totally get behind that. That makes a ton of sense to me. So then the other team I'm going to go with is Maryland. In others receiving votes, they're a little bit higher than K-State. They are 30th in the AP poll. But honestly, Leaf, as I look at the Big Ten, after Purdue and Michigan State, it to me is like a whole bunch of teams that just look kind of essentially all alike. It's just a big ball of who's going to be third. And there, of course, there's no guarantees Purdue and Michigan State are at the top. But on paper, it seems like they will be. But for me, as I look at it, it seems like Maryland is the most likely candidate to take that third slot in the conference uh, above other teams like Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, whom I know you really like, Leaf, uh, as well. But I, I see right now Maryland being third in this conference. I love 
what Kevin Willard did last year, a better than expected job in year one, kind of similar to Coach Tang at K-State. And I expect them to continue to build on that last year or this year, excuse me. I We mentioned earlier Hakeem Hart, who leaves to go to Villanova. That hurts. But outside of him, I mean, you get three other starters returning. Leading scorer Jameer Young is back. You get Julian Reese back, Dante Scott back. Um, and you get, I, I think, probably the other starters with them are Deshaun Harris-Smith, a really talented freshman, and Noah Batchelor. Although it might be Jordan Geronimo coming over from Indiana, but really like what Maryland's got. Here's the thing. They have to shoot better this year. If they don't, I, I, I would not put them third in the Big Ten. But I right now would have... Uh, Maryland is somewhere in the 20s, but I would definitely have them ranked ahead of like Illinois, I think is 25th in the preseason poll. Yes, I would have Maryland in and at least Illinois out, if not a couple other teams. Uh, Leaf, who else you got? I'm right there with you with Maryland. I, I have them 25 in my AP poll, just sneaking it in front of Illinois and Wisconsin. I've got one that I feel pretty good about here, though. UCLA got them. Oh, over, all right. Them- I need you to sell me on this because yeah. I go. Let's hear it. I, I got them number 17. So not just sneaking into the poll. That that's a dent. That's a well uh wow. well adjusted team. Here's my pitch. Mick Cronin at Cincinnati had an unbelievable track record playing slow physical basketball. He brought that over to UCLA, but he had the recruits that were there already. And it's not hard to recruit in UCLA, but he's done <laughs> it a different way. Like, Hang on, what, you're what telling he did me is, at one of the bluest of all blue bloods. In Los Angeles, it's not hard to get dudes to come there. That's wild. That, that is what I'm telling you. But Mick <laughs> Cronin could do it in Cincinnati. And he did it when Xavier was also a powerhouse. He did it when other teams were were really cruising in that same geographical area. Yet they were a mainstay in the tournament multiple times, reaching high seeds. They were a two seed uh, multiple times. And I, I just have faith in Cronin's going to be able to get these guys going. But I'll explain why. Adem Bona... Uh, last year probably would have been a bigger deal had it not been for Jaime Jaquez, Tiger, Campbell, and, of, of course, Jalen Clark. So those guys probably took the shine off of a guy this year who I think will really shine. So let's just start with him as a sophomore. They have plenty of guards. Then they bring in these international players who have been playing pro basketball for years. It's just getting a team to mesh. And Mick Cronin recently was on an interview, and I know coaches are going to say, oh, our guys can all be pros. Everyone says that. Everyone says that. But these guys have been pros. Jan Vita is a six foot seven creative point guard. You put him with a Day Mar, who's a seven foot three Spanish uh, center who's drawn. I know it's a cliche comparison to the Gasol brothers, but it's it's not blowing smoke out of nowhere. Like he, he's played professional basketball, he's played and demonstrated really good skill and and being an anchor at seven foot three along with a Dembona. Okay, then they bring in Lazar Stefanovic, who in yep. in Utah was a ten per game scorer in the Pac twelve and was asked to take an accelerated role with Gabe Madsen at out much of last year. And that's that's probably going to be the fourth or fifth scoring option. They still have Dylan Andrews, and they've got McClendon, and they bring in a guy named Burke. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to try his last name yet because I haven't heard it pronounced, but but he is his name is Burke. He's six foot nine. He's kind of got the Jaime Hawkes mold of a mid-range scorer, and he's got guard skills with a forward's body. And that's your starting five. And then I talk about Andrews McClendon. You're going to have some of these other recruits that were highly ta- uh, talented and recruited that went to UCLA. And I, I have a hard time believing that the Pac-12 is not going to have that many teams ranked. Like right now, it's only two teams ranked. I would probably think about Colorado and I would think about oh, right. other teams as well. But UCLA, there's going to be a top three team in the Pac-12. Put them at 17. That's the team I'm way higher on than the consensus. Okay. 
Leaf, I love it. I mean, I, I think you're right. So much of this is people's inability to know or to uh, understand what these international recruits will be. By the way, I've been seeing Buke Tunsil. I don't know if that's right, but that's how I've been pronouncing it. We'll, we'll find out soon enough. But good luck uh, to the UCLA commentators this year because it's a lot of fun last names. Leaf, where would you have UCLA in the Pac-12 hierarchy? Would you have them behind USC and Arizona third? Uh, yes, I, I think so. I've got Arizona 10th in my eight in my poll, and then I've got USC 16th and UCLA 17th. Okay. Uh, I have a lot of faith in Cronin to win games, though, as a coach, more than I have in Andy Enfield. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're second, but I would I'd certainly go second or third. Arizona, to me, on paper, is the best team, though. Yeah, I got you. And then I'm going Colorado fourth is where I've had I, them. I am, too. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I think that's our top four in the Pac-12. Uh, I, you know, I like the unknown of this UCLA team. I think there's a lot of fun in just waiting to see what it's going to be after they lose so much of what they lost. What is Coach Cronin going to be able to do bringing all these guys? It'll be fun to see. Now we got to flip the script a little bit. So far, we've been talking about teams that we think will elevate, and if some teams go up, Leaf, what does it mean? couple are going to trickle down. You know it. We're going to talk about those teams in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Jace Medical. Folks, I don't know about you, Leaf. I don't know about you, but my life is crazy busy, and I don't have time to go to the doctor and get prescriptions for antibiotics and stuff. Or perhaps you are dealing with the unknown, things like storms, shortages, supply chain issues. You got to be prepared now more than ever. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones when the unexpected strikes. That's why Jace Medical offers you the Jace case, which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind in an emergency so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication when that happens. Jace Medical makes sure you have that medication in hand. It's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. I love that peace of mind. Folks, do not get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. Again, that's J-A-S-E medical.com and use code Locked On. Doctor created, doctor recommended, Jace Medical. Okay, Leaf, so now we're flipping it upside down. As you said, if teams are going up, we got to have a couple trickle down. So let's each pick out a couple teams we are lower on than the AP poll. Either they should be ranked lower or just clear out of the poll. Leaf, who you got? I'll start it off with Gonzaga, a Ooh, team that has... Andy Patton, shots fired, buddy. I don't think Andy will be too shocked with this one. Um, <laughs> We've been talking about it. Gonzaga came in at 11th on the AP poll. I've got them 22nd. So basically so, flip them in Villanova. That's what you're doing. Basically. Yeah. And, and I, I think there's a world in which they should be unranked, to be honest. Like, I'll, I'd go that far. But I'll give Mark Few the, the benefit of the doubt there. I've got them just in front of Baylor, Kentucky, and Maryland uh, rounding out. And then, of course, you got a few teams that I feel like are deserving to be ranked. Um, that most people have ranked or or just on the precipice. But here's the logic. You lose Drew Timmy, who's the all-time leading scorer at Gonzaga. You lose Julian Strother, first-round draft pick. Right. You lose Rossier Bolton. Those are your top three players last year. Yeah, I will admit this. I think Anton Watson was better than Rossier Bolton, 
but I don't know if it was more important to last year's team. And because whenever they needed a bucket late in the game and you don't help off Strother, it was Rossier Bolton. And it was obviously Timmy who's the focal point. So you lose all those guys. Now, how are you going to score? Yes, they brought in Ryan Nemhard, who's really, really good. And him and Aiden Mahaney will have quite a duel for WCC player of the year. Yes. Um, so he's going to be great. I, I think he's probably the best actual basketball player. He and Mahaney in the WCC. But Graham E.K. hasn't played basketball in a year, and that's who you're expecting to be your lead scorer. Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, Anton Watson is a really good complimentary piece, and he's probably an all-conference type of player, but it's not someone that's going to score you the ball. Their defense isn't as good as it has been in years past because they don't have quite the athletes they've had. And now you need Ben Gregg or, or – uh, Hickman to take just considerable steps forward and I have less faith doing so and so why, why would this team who's ranked 11th be ahead of a team like Texas where we have known commodities or or let's talk about even UCLA UCLA probably has more talent they're an unknown commodity but uh, or like let's talk about Villanova that they have sixth year seniors all scattered throughout so this team has known commodities what they are but they're not necessarily people that move the needle and they're asked to be a team that's had the respect of the nation for six, seven straight years of being okay. This team's contending for a national title. I don't see it with Gonzaga. I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if St. Mary's wins the WCC. And I know the pundits had that in the WCC yet. St. Mary's was ranked low in the AP poll. I think St. Mary's should be higher. And, and Gonzaga's 11. So where's the discrepancy there? So I, I could go on about Gonzaga. I, I think they've been fraudulent the last two years, honestly. But uh, or, or sorry, last year and this year. Um, but but definitely this year. OK, man, that's going to be interesting to watch and see how it unfolds. I'm with you. I If Graham E.K. is healthy and good, it changes the tenor of this team. But that, my friend, is a fat IF. I mean, I'm going font like 87 on that on Microsoft Word. So we'll see what happens up in Spokane this year. Uh, my first pick is Kentucky. I know this is a pick you're going to be in agreement with me on from conversations we've had. They are 16th in the preseason poll. I would have them ranked, but somewhere in the 20s. Um, the talent, When you look at the talent of the roster, it's clearly there. Um, but as a team... In this day and age, you just cannot rely on freshmen at the level Kentucky is going to have to. It is a, again, it is a wildly talented group of basketball players. But the question is, will they be a wildly talented team? That remains to be seen. Obviously, getting back Antonio Reeves is huge. Obviously, adding in Trey Mitchell is huge. But they are just relying on so many freshmen. They are incredibly talented freshmen. I'm going to continue to say that but they are going to have to rely on them a ton. And when you look at teams in the SEC like Tennessee that you talked about, Texas A&M that you talked about, and others, I just don't know that I can rely on them to be in the teens right now. They could absolutely get there. I just don't trust it preseason. And then the other one, I Leaf, I hate to say this, and I know folks are going to be disappointed, but FAU. They are 10th in the preseason poll, and, and I love it, and, and I'm happy for them. In fact... I was a prisoner of the moment myself. Like right after the season, I was like, oh man, FAU fifth in the nation. It's just, I don't know, right? Ken Palm doesn't love them. They have, Ken Palm has them at 37 in the preseason. Torvik has them 21st. And that's more about right to me. I would have them in that same range where you just put Gonzaga. They obviously bring back so many dudes. I cannot wait to see the likes of Elijah Martin and John L. Davis and Big Vlad. Like I love 
these guys, but I need to see that it was more than just a moment where they had some breaks in getting to play like FDU, for example. But then they did knock off Tennessee and K-State, two teams you and I have already talked about on this show that we loved, Leaf en route to the Final Four. I just think that 10 is is too high, and I, I hate to say that because I love a good mid-major. I love it, and I want to support it, but 10th is, is, is uh, too far for me. Yeah, I'm with you there. I actually kept them fairly close to there just because I think they're a known commodity, whereas a lot of those teams around there are not. Um, and then also, I think they should win their division or conference. And if that happens, then I I feel like they've substantiated where they've been ranked. Obviously, they have to play well in uh, non-conference as well because that's always the knock for mid-majors. But they're less of a mid-major than they were. Uh, they moved up to the AAC, for those of you who don't know. Uh, I've, I've got one more and that's, that's Kentucky. You, you touched on them and I'll, I'll echo a lot of what you said, but I also think one thing people aren't understanding is usually Calipari when he's had his best teams has had a mix of like, okay, here's some freshmen that are good. Obviously, I'm not counting the Anthony Davis class. Cause that was, that was a ridiculous, <laughs> <That's different>. yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that was a ridiculous level of talent, but they've had other picks that have gone top level. But in the recent years, their best team, in my opinion, and I think it's pretty easily the case, is the, the team that got cut off by COVID, actually. And that was with Ashton Hagens. Emmanuel Quickly was the SEC Player of the Year as a sophomore. Nick Richards. Um, Keon Brooks was young on that team. And then they had P.J. Washington and Montgomery. Like, Would that, you equate that was, it to like Duke this year, how, how their roster is constructed? Yeah, that that it's similar. I'd say Dukes is more talented that team. Sure, but the, but, the, but I agree. The concept it's, of the construction. It, it, yeah, exactly. You get a couple guys that could have been one and dones if they stretched it, and then they didn't, and then here they are, and then they played really well, and that would have been one of my top four teams going into madness that year had it happened. Um, this year's team has a lot of freshmen that play the same role. They all are score oriented. Now, if Justin Edwards is the dude, like, and he becomes the guy for this team, I think they play better. But then that question becomes, okay, what does DJ Wagner do if he's not the go-to scorer? What does Rob Dillingham do if he's not the uh, go-to scorer? So I almost think they'd be better if Wagner establishes himself as the dude over Edwards, despite myself thinking Edwards is the better player. And And the better pro, you know, the better pro prospect. Exactly. And so that to me just leads you to questions because then what about your fifth year senior and Antonio Reeves? What what are you going to do to get him shots? And now what about your four centers that just don't seem to play together? Like, how are you going to, and I mean, yes, Calipari's dealt with this like happy question of, Hey, I've got a lot of good players. Uh, I got to play them. It's happened before. I just have more questions. I think the sec is better than people think. Uh, one more team, just cause I don't want to steal that one would be, I'm a little lower on Miami. Ooh, I'm a little lower on Miami than where they are. I think Miami's depth is very poor. Mm-hmm. I think Jim Laranega is a really good coach though and he'll get the most out of his teams. But look, you lost the ACC player of the year, and more importantly, you lost your actual best player last year, which was Jordan Miller. Jordan Miller, yeah. Yeah, and and people that watch college basketball, I think, knew this. Like, Jordan Miller won them that game against Texas, and he was the best player on that team all throughout the year. You do keep your your point guard and Nigel Pack, but Nigel Pack's now going to be a scorer. You bring in Matthew Cleveland, which is great, but you still have Jordan Miller. Yeah. Yeah, I would still say you lost in that trade. And I've been among the bigger Matthew Cleveland fans on college basketball Twitter for years. Um, so now what's, what do you have? You've got Bensley Joseph and Wuga Poplar, and now you're playing four guards with no Chad O'Meer. Or Who's an undersized eight. big himself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But he's six seven, six foot eight. So now what are you going to do? You're going to like get out-rebounded by all these bigger teams in the ACC 
and you're going to expect to replace the production that was 20 points a game from Wong and about 15 from Miller with uh, with Wuga Poplar, Bensley Joseph, and Matthew Cleveland. I, I'm a little less sold on that than some people, so I thought 13 was a bit rich for my taste. Yeah, and I think some of the computer metrics are down on Miami as well. Like Ken Palm, I know they're lower there. Um, and going back to Kentucky, one thing we haven't mentioned is just that front court health. You know, how is Aaron Bradshaw going to be? How uh, uh, Onyenso, how's he going to be? We're going to have to wait and see. Obviously, uh, stuff's good getting in. Um, some good news in the on the admissions front, but we'll see there. Leaf, great stuff, folks. We'd love to hear your thoughts on who you're higher on, who you're lower on. Make sure to let us know where you're at. Thanks for making Locked On College Basketball your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On CBB. You can follow Leaf and I at our names. We have unique names, and that lets us get them on Twitter. How about that? Please make sure to subscribe on audio and video format. Smash the like button. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Go Wildcats, and until tomorrow, peace. Peace.